Right, so hello and welcome to episode two of the Fred and Arthur podcast. Welcome back, it's a pleasure. So yeah, in, in episode one, as we spoke about last week, we were sort of just introducing the podcast and speaking about podcasts. This is the first one where we're going to talk about an interesting topic in depth. And today's topic is Instagram versus reality, or I guess social media versus reality. And so we're going to talk about everything from, you know, things that people fake online, uh, the sort of perceptions that people give off on social media against how, you know, things really play out in reality. But then go into some more interesting kind of like knock on consequences of that, like the way it makes people feel about their bodies and also sort of how people go about making their real life a bit more similar to what they see online, in particular cosmetic surgeries and some really interesting stories about, you know, cosmetic surgery's gone wrong, people have taken it too far and the sort of impact it's having on the world now. So we've got some interesting, got plenty of interesting stories and research to, to talk about. But let's start off with, uh, I, think that, I think there's sort of two distinct things that people fake on social media. So I think you've got a category of people who don't have pretending that they do, whether that's money, a certain lifestyle, and then you've got people who do have that are pretending that everything's great and they love the fact that they've got all this, but like deep down they're unhappy. So let's talk about, I think, false perceptions in uh, in terms of people who don't have pretending they do. There are, there are loads of good examples, but like what kind of stuff do you find particularly interesting when it comes to like things that people fake online? Like what kind of stuff have you seen? Um, I'd say the biggest thing is like, people obviously only showing or sharing stories or being active on social media when they're either on like lavish holidays mm. um, or like they're on these big nights out in London yeah. and then the rest of the time they're completely inactive. So they're actually representing kind of 5% of their lifestyle mm. through social media, which isn't necessarily a true reflection of who they are as a person. That's true. I think on social media, I know quite a lot of people that kind of like will work normal nine to five jobs and save up. And then every couple of weeks, splash it on something and stick that on Instagram. And I think if you look to their Instagram, TikTok, whatever profiles, maybe even YouTube channels for people that vlog it, there are so many people where you just think like every single post is, you know, you on a yacht somewhere out in the sun, you know, like on a crazy skiing holiday. And you don't really see a lot of the grind of just the normal nine to five working life that a lot of these people have. I also think the difficulty lies when people actually, that's how they monetize their content. Mm -hmm. So that's when it's really difficult because um, them projecting this lifestyle, actually, I don't know, it might increase their sales for a particular course they're selling, or it might be literally how they make a living. So if they don't show off this lavish lifestyle, they could literally be to the extreme cases like homeless. So that's when it's difficult because is that in a sense, okay, because that's, that's how they make a living. And it's not like, um, they're just, just showing off just for the sake of it. Like you also get people who aren't necessarily in the social media space and will, I don't know, not, not even, it's, it's not their job. They have a standard nine to five, as you say, um, but they will just project this lifestyle for nothing other than to impress other people. And I think that's where the issue lies. Um, whereas it's very difficult and controversial where people have to do that in order to make, to make money. Yeah, that's so true. I think that comes to a first big point, which I'm sure you've seen in a lot is uh, crypto investors, real estate investors, yeah, exactly. FX traders. Yeah. There's a big thing and a couple of people have been caught out for it where they sort of, they rent the rent most the Lambos, amazing yeah. Lamborghini, the most amazing house in the hills. And they sort of go, I've got all this money. If you want to find out how I've got all this money, buy my book, buy my course. And then they go back to their, you know, rundown one bedroom apartment, which obviously yeah. there's nothing wrong with, but they're, they're pretending like they've got all of this money to get people to buy their courses. And they go, oh, this person's got a 20 million yeah. Hollywood mansion. They must have loads of money. I'm gonna or, buy their course. And they actually- Yeah, exactly. Or, or they'll, they'll only make their money through the affiliate link. So they won't act, they say like those FX traders that you see yeah. in Dubai, they're not actually making their money through trading. Mm. They've got affiliate links and things like that. And, so, yeah, and that's, that, that's I guess, yeah, that's where it's massively scammy and not maybe the best way to earn your money. But. I guess that's kind of a downfall for social media because people still fall for it. People yeah. are like, they're very vulnerable online and we'll go into that later on the, the kind of extremes people go to because they're so vulnerable and insecure. Um, and that's where I think, yeah, it is a bit of a scam. Yeah, that's true. I actually hadn't thought about that. You kind of, you know, you don't only have these FX people, but you know, you get everyone kind of going, I've got a Lamborghini, I've got a mansion. People go, how do I get that? But there's quite a, a big scam where, 
you know, you get FX people and crypto people that go, you know, I, I can make you all this money. Come try it with me. Give me a grand, five grand. And they don't actually invest that. They come back a month later and go, I've turned your grand into two. or I've turned your five grand into 10. Here, have your 10 grand back. Now, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to invest with me or something? And they go, yeah, actually, I've got that 100K in my bank or whatever. I've got a house or I'm going to take out a loan, give you loads. And that's when they really invest it. And obviously, a load of the time, you know, they don't make that money back or the crypto. Cr that's like, interesting. Crypto yeah, crashes. or they can almost treat themselves as like large corporations or banks almost. <laughs> Think about all the investment they receive and they're put, pooling together all that money. Yeah. And they're probably making more money off the back of that and then distributing it to their kind of people that invest in. And mm. all you need is a couple like good reviews and then people are sold. That, that's the other thing. It, you, you know, you've got fake reviews online, people scamming and it's, it's a bit of an issue, I guess. Yeah. And going back to the sort of faking the lifestyle as well. So that's obviously more, more of an obvious one that's scamming people out of their money, but you get a lot of influencers and like, you know, when it comes to influencers, people follow the people who kind of often have a lifestyle that you can't attain. You know, if someone's living in mansions, taking crazy private jets, a lot of people follow them because you're just like, damn, I just, you know, it's impressive and hardly anyone does that. Yeah. And now you get a lot of people faking those kind of lifestyles. I actually saw, this isn't even in my prep, it's just reminding me, uh, I saw a TikTok girl doing this dance, doing this trend. And as she flicked her hair, you could see the green screen flicker behind no her. Way. And it looked like she was in the nicest, you know, those little sort of like huts that are, are stood up on wood out in sort of yeah, yeah. Bora Bora and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it looked like she was on that holiday oh until her hair flicked. Yeah. The green screen hadn't updated but, behind her. But what do and you she think, actually wasn't on it. But what do you think she gets out of doing that? Because more people are going to watch that video if she's, in Bora Bora doing that in front of this crazy heart with this blue yeah. sea, sea and sky behind her than if she's in Grimsby, you but know, then, with her backyard in the back shot. It's also interesting though, the people that say like the Love Island people or people who don't necessarily, aren't on social media to sell anything, but they go on these um, like mental holidays that people are kind of jealous of. People don't really understand how they kind of make money. And they're, mm. they're almost just living a very normal life, but in these crazy locations abroad everywhere. And I think that's why people get jealous as well, because they think they don't work or they think they don't do anything. And so it almost makes maybe more uh, like the younger generation who are vulnerable and consume a lot of social media content. It makes them think and that they can be kind of lazy and that they can just sort of get away with doing nothing or working hard to get to that point. Yeah, and definitely. that's where people become really envious as well. Um, and they, they just want to want to get to a point where they're, I don't know, it's just where the bad rep for social media influencers come from, I think. And there's only certain, like, I think the market's getting pretty saturated now. Yeah. Like how many people are out, out there that travel vlog and all of their Instagrams look perfect and all that kind of stuff. Like if you were one of the first people did it on Instagram, you probably gained a crazy following. But now I think you could start an Instagram account, post the most stunning pictures of crazy holidays all the time and not necessarily even cover your bills. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And also because it's so easy to um, misconstrue your audience and manipulate, say through editing mm. or um, like you were saying with the green screen, like it means that there is a huge volume of people who are projecting this lifestyle. And so it's not necessarily unique anymore to be like, I, f I feel like previously, if you were out in Dubai or living this lavish lifestyle away on holiday, um, you'd probably do really well on social media. Whereas mm. because there's this huge influx, there's so many people doing it now, it's not necessarily like a one-way ticket to success yeah. if you try to copy them and sacrifice everything to say, do that as well. It wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily work. I agree. There was actually a really funny case. I don't know if you saw this, but there was an Instagram user called Azra Mayan. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. No. I think she's quite famous on Instagram. But she had a photo take, like she uploaded a photo of her at the back of this like sick looking private jet. Yeah. And people figured out that it was a set that you can go and sit in. Right. And so it's not an actual private jet. You sort of go in and it yeah. looks like yeah, you that's, get a photo that's so taken. Common, I swear. It's so common yeah. now, but I think she must have been one of the first yeah. people to sort of get exposed for it. And she had the caption as next stop and she changed it to being like there was a bracket it was just a set by the way so she got, well, called, out she got called out and she, she updated the bio ah, but right. you know there's plenty of like times <laughs> yeah. when influencers do lie to their audiences yeah definitely and misrepresent but i think where it can get more dangerous on top of what we've already spoken about is crypto scams is um well there's, there's another type of scam where people like fake things to raise money fundraisers so i don't know if you ever saw this woman called bell gibson um she basically said that she was told that she had four months to live and she sort of wrote a book 
claimed all the proceeds would go to cancer-related charities. And it was found out that no money had been given to charity and she didn't even have cancer. Oh my God. So she lied about this entire having <laughs> okay, cancer journey. that's probably one of the worst scandals. Which is insane. And yeah. people obviously on the internet, you know, like, how do you even check? If you see a fundraiser for someone saying, I've got yeah, cancer. That, that, that's the other thing as well. It's so easy to set up those fundraisers. You know, when people put them in their bio now where um, they're like set a target and they're like raising money for such and such. I wonder if that's directly connected to the charity. Because if it's not, that mm. would probably be very common. I, yeah, I think, it, I think it there's so, so, so many cases of that. Yeah. And then uh, th this is a similar fundraising story. So there was an Instagram couple called Another Beautiful Day Official. And they basically did like, you know, holidays and all that kind of stuff and made, um, you know, made their life look great. But they had sort of caught on later on. So they weren't necessarily making a lot of money for it. And they put up a fundraiser requesting from their followers an $11,000 total donation to fund their lifestyle to get them a vacation to Africa. Really? And their followers lost at them just saying like, you're entitled, you're greedy. Like, yeah. how can you ask us to fund your lifestyle? Yeah. Like, you know. We, we pay for it by following it. Yeah. And you're supposed to, if you can, earn a living from it, but it's not our duty to raise but, but these that, funds that's also interesting topic from um, the sense that now individuals and social media influencers are almost like companies now where you have to maintain your level of integrity mm -hmm. in order to like sustain sales or investment from your followers because everyone's very much aware of like, you, you know, if, if a, a big brand's been involved in a scandal, people, their sales will massively decline. It's the same now with social media's uh, uh, individuals and influencers because they've got such a presence and there's so many people that follow them. One scandal like that could just entirely ruin their career and it's, it's done. Definitely. There was that FaZe guy who got dropped from FaZe Clan for the crypto scam. Oh, really? But there are a couple of other ones that I've got here that are quite, quite interesting. So there was a fake weight loss scandal. So a bunch of UK influencers caught were caught endorsing a bogus weight reduction drink that they were told can say contained hydrogen cyanide oh my days literal cyanide which yeah. can obviously end your life yeah. very easily um and i think before we get on to the next one because there's another scandal but the next one involves filters and i think filters is an interesting one that you know not only can you sort of like scam your followers but this is one where it can sort of you know i guess up until now we've we've been speaking about people who you know are lying about their lives and what they have. But there's filters out here that can change the way you yeah. look so drastically, aren't there? Yeah, I, I think we had a conversation before as well about how, I swear TikTok, you don't even realize the filters are applied. So mm. you'll be doing a live stream and you'll have like natural teeth whitener, like your jawline will be popping, your skin will be blemished. Mm. And you don't even know, you actually have to actively turn them off. Yeah. So I think people will almost judge, say in the comments of someone who have quite clearly changed the, their look through filters, but half the time they, they probably don't even know. Like it's, it's that easy. And uh, it, it's kind of so natural that you do, it's not plain and obvious to everyone. Exactly. I'm, I'm quite a big fan of Instagram now. They've got a uh... If you use a filter, it tells you the yeah, filter and you can yeah, click yeah. try on it. Stories, yeah. And I saw a girl do one on Instagram stories the other day and I was like, I know what you look like. Yeah. And this looks so different. And I click try it, put it on my face. <laughs> I look like a different person. I, I didn't that, I didn't recognize myself. Girls who use the same filter all the time. I'm like, I wonder what I look like yeah, in that exactly. filter. And you try it on and you're like so tanned. You're like, your face structure completely changed. Yeah. And it's like, I, don't, I, yeah, I just don't know how I feel if you're always doing stories with, with a filter on. Mm. But I guess the good thing about Insta, it does say so. Yeah, I mean, that's what where almost this whole thing comes from. But the idea of us doing Instagram reality is yeah. because there is a subreddit called Instagram reality and they sort of post people's Instagram photos and then perhaps a screenshot of them being caught on video or like a fan uploaded photo. And the, the lengths people go to change their way, the way they look, just it, it, it is crazy, isn't it? Um, but then, so th this is another interesting almost scam story is that uh, two Instagram stories for a company called Skinny Tan Limited, oh no, and one called Tanologist Tan, the Instagram stories had basically been using a filter that apparently misleadingly exaggerated the effect the product was capable of achieving. So people beforehand were going, I'm about to try this tan on, put the oil on and said, this is the after, but we're having like a strong tan filter. Oh, and right, so like, yeah, yeah. you just don't know. And yeah. like, same with skin things, you know, there, there are so many companies out there that will go before and after, 
but the after one has had like a blemish remover. Yeah, do you think then they've almost lost their weight a little bit, those adverts, because people can see through them? Because I, Definitely. it's even like within the, the fitness industry where people go on these crazy transformations and they're obviously, say like online coaches, they're obviously only showing their good transformations and half the time it's probably um, like not even something that they've coached them through that process. It's someone who's very experienced and then they use that to sell to the rest of their audience. So I think almost they've, they have lost some level of reputation where it will it will work for, for a lot of people but i think most can sort of see those ads or like teeth whitening tan products they are just going to use the best kind of transformations and that's how they'll they'll kind of generate more business going forward mm. and it is just scary like just not really knowing what is real and what isn't yeah isn't it just not just you know you can see an ad yeah. that a couple of years ago you'd be like wow their teeth are so much whiter but now the, how advanced filters are to like change everything in real time you know yeah you, you just don't know what you you know what you're seeing whether it's real or not one interesting case study actually that i kind of came across it was more within the fitness industry on social media where people were using this new editing app CapCut, and you can basically manipulate your waistline your shoulders your chest and so you can give yourself the most perfect proportions which isn't even possible to change when going to the gym well you can obviously change it to an extent but people are literally like changing their bone structure and i think that was an issue because people were then selling like fitness programs off the back of how they look and that's where i think people almost lose integrity for that person or lose trust in that person because they're making more money off manipulating their followers mm, yeah i mean the second you figure out someone's lying to you about yeah. you know going follow my routine here's my body before yeah, and after exactly. and they're lying and i think it was this one guy who did get caught because he was getting a load of pictures with fans and things at uh, fitness expos and then people were like hang on when they saw pictures that other people were uploading he just looked really normal and what when you compare that to his instagram his tiktok it was literally like worlds apart so i think that's when it does become an issue and actually the other thing before we move on to sort of the next next step in this topic is false perception. So I think I perhaps see this a little bit more than some other people might, cause I've got quite a lot of friends who do social media, Yeah. but there's quite a lot of people who can obviously fake having what they don't have. Yeah. But I think another really interesting aspect is people who do have the, the false thing that they're projecting is the fact that they're happy. And there are so mm. many people out there that I know, not particularly like, you know, any of my close friends, but people I've met and come across and spoken to events and parties and all that kind of stuff that, you know, you would look at their life and just think I would do anything to trade my life with you because you have money, you're on all these crazy holidays and they really are living the life that they project, yeah. but deep down they are miserable. And I think a lot of people might not realize what it can be like to perhaps yeah. every day live your life being like, I have to stay perfectly skinny, perfectly tanned. I have to touch up my photos to make myself feel happy. Feel happy. But like knowing that if you uploaded a picture of what your face really looked like, yeah. that it wouldn't get any oh, views and I likes and it. stuff. And so to kind of wrap all of that together to move on to the next thing, I think this general idea of people misrepresenting what their life is really like and how they really look, more in particular with how they really look. Because obviously we've spoken about you know, if people misrepresent how their life is, they chase it and end up getting scammed. The sort of major topic we're going to go into is sort of people wanting to correct their reality, yeah. um, you know, through all sorts of things. But essentially the, the stepping stone in between that is body dysmorphia. You know, I, I don't, I, even I feel like I had it at one point when I started making my YouTube videos, the second I started showing myself on camera, I was quite spotty at the time. And I remember just thinking like, I would do almost anything to stop being spotty. I even started using like concealer sometimes if yeah. I had a really big spot, but- um, Did you start researching then? You were like, how, how can I sort of like panicking to the point where I can't go on camera unless everything's perfect. It was almost, it was almost, yeah, definitely. I, it almost made me a perfectionist because I'd look at everyone on YouTube and I'd be like, their skin and teeth and background and everything is perfect. It almost makes you as like a different viewer to everyone else as well, because you're looking out for things that people don't really care about I know. or notice. And you're probably watching someone else's video now going, oh my God, I wish I had skin like that, or I wish I looked like that. And people often just, they, they'll watch your content for the entertainment. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I don't think people necessarily do care as much as possible. No. Actually, 
one quick thing before we, we move on was I found a really interesting trend lately that's been popping up more and more is people going like, here is my reality. So you'll get someone with a really big Instagram or TikTok following going, here's a photo of me unfiltered. I've yeah. got loads of spots and people are applauding it going like, so happy to see this. And people are almost applauding it so much that people are doing that as a trend now, just going like, you know, they're not posting their reality because they want people to see what their skin actually looks like. They're doing yeah, it because true. it's, it's going to give them followers that is and true, give actually. them That is so true. It's so that, interesting. That's where, where it is also controversial, where people do just chase trends. And mm. now it's cool to like have that really natural look or people will like um, say if they're in really good shape and they'll have this absolute trash diet and they'll be like, this is what I eat in a day. And people almost, it's almost trying to project too much of a normality that's mm. also not true. And yeah. there's also a fake um, reality. Yeah. It's almost fake going like, yeah. look how real I am yeah. guys. And it's like, you're not wanting to show people how real you are, but yeah, anyway. So I, I think all of these thought things can obviously cause BDD, which is body dysmorphic disorder. Um, rough official numbers, guess how many people are affected by it? One in roughly how many? Is that actual all, disorder? All age groups. Just all age groups, genders, you know, everything. Just all in I'd one say, in how many people? I'd say high. I'd, I'd literally say one in three. I think it should... I, I would not be surprised if to some extent yeah. everyone had this. But I think that's more perhaps anxiety or, you know, concern about how they look compared with reality. But the actual disorder itself affects about oh, so one like in 50. Di diagnosed disorder. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm guessing that's more, but... Even one in 50 is quite high, but uh, evidence suggests that in recent decades, body image dissatisfaction in general, and by extension, extreme body image disturbances like BDD have been increasing, likely due to social media and cultural changes. So it, I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anyone that all of these, these things are going up and up, you know, yeah. with how, and especially how accessible it is to everyone to have these filters and touch-ups, you know, back in the day, obviously, front cover of magazines you know yeah. they're great editors sort of rubbing out everyone's flaws but nowadays like you know everyone can have it and um so i've actually got quite an interesting graphic here um talking about what impacts the way we feel about our bodies because we we were actually considering getting a guest on for this episode weren't we to sort of speak to perhaps a girl on what social media is like for them and the the impact it has on their perhaps mental health and 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 body image but um, I think we'll definitely do that at some point in the future, perhaps yeah. have, have a girl on to focus on what that's like for them. But for now, just to show the sort of difference. So I've got a graphic that says, what impacts how we feel about our bodies? Can you guess what the number one thing is for women? Well, social media. Yeah, social media is the number one for women. And that's 23% of women say that um, social media impacts the way they feel about our bodies. In comparison with men, it's only 17%, it's still very high. But for men, the most important thing for them, can you guess? Like what has an impact on the way that they feel about their body, whether they feel good or bad about it? Um, it's still through some level of comparison. I, I don't know. Um, Surprisingly is it, not. Is, is, it, is it to do with sport? It's and their partners. No way. So for, for men, the most significant thing that impacts the way they feel about their bodies is about how their partner feels about it. Oh. So if their partner's saying, I love the way you look and stuff, yeah. that's the most important thing for them. And social media is second at 17%. For women, their significant other is third. Uh, and that's 17%. So that's a similar percentage. But women also, TV and movies, yeah. at 20% impact them more. That's, that's second. That second. So it's interesting to see the difference. So with, yeah, with men, it's significant other first at 21%. And then social media and TV and movies is 17 and 16%. And then there's a bunch of other things like family, internet interactions, friends themselves looking in the mirror, their health and society. But I think that was really interesting that there definitely is a difference. And I think perhaps with women, there is perhaps more pressure to look perfect on social media than men. But evidently, it's it's not a lot different, you know. That there is a lot of pressure. Yeah. What? Well, so, but but why do you think it's more? Why do you think it's it's uh, highly pressurized for women over over men? I think that's something that either when we, we bring on a guest on. to yeah. speak about. But obviously, on YouTube, get involved in the comments if you're a woman and you sort of you know. I I don't necessarily personally think it's more, but I think as you said, it's just different things make them insecure. Mm. So that's the difference. It's not necessarily that. Uh, women are more insecure than, than guys because there's there's so many guys that are but it potentially oh, be from different avenues and different reasoning mm. so I think this is where we we go on to 
you know, we've moved, so we've spoken about sort of, you know, people faking things the way they look and stuff. And obviously that can trigger a lot of anxiety and uh, BDD and all that kind of stuff. And so now let's move into the sort of knock-on effects where, you know, people seek out to change their reality to match what they see online in terms of cosmetic surgery. Um, so, I mean, there's a million things we can talk about here. Uh, I mean, let's start with, with us, for example, like, you know, I've had my teeth whitened professionally. Yeah, I had, I had braces recently. You had braces recently. Yeah. So I, what caused you to have braces? What made you go, because your teeth weren't that bad. No, they weren't. And they didn't even change much because I took them off earlier to her because I hated them. <laughs> yeah. But I got them just because, I don't know, because I feel like you, maybe social media and other people were reasoning, like you see a lot of people with kind of fresh gnashes, fresh from <laughs> Turkey. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of, it was something I guess I was, mildly insecure about not really that badly but it's something you can change quite easily so I think as well I I briefly mentioned it to my dentist I was like oh I'm thinking about potentially getting braces and then he he was like absolutely you def you should do it like he was like not pressuring me but they're not actually allowed to tell you to have braces or not oh wow it's apparently really? like yeah like I don't know whether it's their sort of regulator that says they can't because of that whole insecurity thing but wow. the moment I said it he was like let's do it and so I think him being like so proactive about it I was like oh, okay it's happening now and then yeah I'm pleased I did it to be fair how much money did you spend on it um I think it, it must have been couple couple grand or well, well over a grand oh wow you yeah. spent good money on it it was like um, yeah like obviously monthly but and then a it's more like the procedure and hours of putting them on and off mm. actual like whilst they're on i don't think is an ex expensive procedure but i think a lot now a lot of people obviously get an invisalign mm. and that's even more expensive and that's yeah, that is a lot. what's interesting because they're changing the way they look but kind of on the sly and without people realizing and that's the whole people will pay a premium just so that they don't have to go through the phase of wearing like metal on their mouth. Yeah, it's crazy. I think even for me, like I was never insecure about my teeth. Um, but for some reason, the second I started doing social media in particular, I was like, God, if I'm going to be showing my face on camera and stuff, yeah. I want to be look as perfect as possible. And was like, I'm going to spend however much money it takes to make my teeth a little bit whiter. Well, I don't even that, think they were that yellow. And it's yeah, crazy. Exactly. Well, that's the thing as well. If your job is social media, you don't necessarily want to go through the transition phase of having braces or, I don't know, it, you know, going through a procedure that takes a bit of time. Say like a hair transplant where you're like bald for half a year. You've still got to turn up and film every week whilst looking like that. And people almost don't want to go through that procedure and that's why it encourages shortcuts and mm. people just want instant results and therefore people will then go to turkey for uh, um like uh veneers so it's like just instant or find any way to just shortcut the process i agree like teeth whitening for me it was literally it was a one hour session it was very uncomfortable i was sat underneath this chair with this like gum shield in my mouth but uh, an hour later and a couple of days after it had settled in you know i had a few days of eating only white food. But other than that, it was instant. I think if there are certain things like, I mean, I don't know if you've thought about it before, but I definitely think like, you know, if I had a terrible receding hairline in five years, if I start going bald, there's yeah. no doubt in my mind that I'd get a, I'd, a I'd hairline transplant. I'd, I'd consider transplant. And because it's getting more popular, it definitely is becoming more socially acceptable. Yeah. But I think that I definitely do feel anxious about potentially having to walk around with a shaved head and having people know that I got hair transplant. Yeah, I mean that, but that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. That that transition is is what people almost don't want to go through. So it's either you don't face your insecurities, mm -hmm. or you can do something about it. And I think there's that there's always that debate, isn't it, where it's like, oh no, just love who you are, be yourself. But if you can change something about yourself, then and and make small improvements here and there, as long as you're not like reconstructing reconstructing your entire face, mm. then I don't really see the issue. Yeah, I don't think teeth is necessarily a too bad one. Um, and, and quite a lot of people, I mean, even famous people, I mean, you know, do you remember what Ronaldinho used to look like compared with what he looks like now? I don't yeah. know if you've seen the, the same, um, any photos, but Ronaldinho, obviously one of the greatest footballers of all time. To be fair, I only really, I can only picture him back in the day, not now. Really? Yeah, so that, he, that's how I envisage it. How do you picture his teeth? Like buck teeth, yeah. So he used to have buck, kind of yeah. what people would consider buck teeth. They'd stick out everywhere. Yeah. He had big gums, but he had his gums reduced and his teeth completely straightened. Yeah. So he's actually got a perfectly, it's even weird. I can even feel myself saying his, 
his smile is fine now, it's perfect now. And just sort of like, even just the way I see his teeth before is, you know, yeah. I, I'm attracted to using negative language. You're attracted to Ronaldinho. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. No. But it, it is strange, like, you know, and Cristiano Ronaldo, the exact same, when he rocked up at Man United for the first time, he had wonky teeth that were all over the place and now has has perfect teeth. Well, I think it's it's so that, common. That, that ties as well to our topic previously when we started about people craving and desiring money so much that they'll project these lifestyles or do these scams. And the reason, a big reason why people crave that, um, literally earning more money is that you can actually now buy your looks almost now. You, yeah, you that's can. so true. If you think about a lot of footballers that aren't necessar necessarily gifted in the kind of nat natural looks department, but they will, they'll kind of get new teeth, hair transplant. Green Rooney hair. Uh, like even like uh, Suarez, like yeah. Rob Holding's hair. Rob transplant. Holding's hairline yeah. transplant was crazy. Like I, th I think that doesn't help. So people almost think, oh, I just need to get rich because all aspects of my life will change. Not only my lifestyle, but my self confidence, how I feel. And you were saying, in contrast, that people aren't necessarily happy. Yeah, it. I think it's so interesting. You brought up the thing. There's there's kind of a saying that's developing online at the moment. Um, you're not ugly. You're poor. Um, and just saying like, and it's kind of like a, a recognition. I mean, have you seen the, the original photos of the Kardashians? Yeah. What they used to look like? Yeah. And they're so different. And they, yeah. they've they all now got perfect noses, cheeks, jawlines, everything. Um, certainly that's another one where there's an Instagram versus reality where sort of, you know, a lot of the Kardashians get papped in public and they kind of go, gosh, they're, you know, they've got bumpier skin than they show on online. Yeah. And, their lips well, that will make don't them look even as natural. Yeah. Exactly. And they go back for more and it spirals. Um, an interesting one I saw, have you seen David Beckham before and after? The hair He's actually one. had loads of work, hair, but skin. I saw his hair. No, not so skin. in his final year at PSG, he was very wrinkly. Oh, okay. And a couple of years later, and he's got this flawless, like really? smooth skin. And you don't realize how much work has been but done. But someone like that, he's just always been known for his good looks. Exactly. Like, yeah. He was my idol growing up. And like yeah. everyone kind of idolizes the way his looks, his kind of feel. And, and he obviously got a lot of modeling work. And so... He's a case where he makes a lot of money and his whole brand is being good looking. Yeah. So it's it's difficult to almost judge without being in that guy's shoes, without That's being true. in his shoes. And he, he must feel like he has to do certain stuff. Yeah. Being in the mainstream media must be so different, even like a hundredfold times what people feel on who are like social media influencers or just getting judgment through their friends. But imagine that on a scale of like mm. millions of people globally. Yeah, because he was an icon. I mean, I remember oh, yeah. if he changed his hairstyle yeah, from a mohawk would. to a yeah. shaved head or blonde or whatever, yeah. everyone would copy it. But that is true. I mean, like, it's hard to feel too bad for the Kardashians, isn't it? But it would feel awful waking up the next day in the front of like one of these magazines is like, look how disgusting they actually look. Yeah, but, and uh, there have been some of those magazines that have gone hard on celebrities going like beached whales spotted at the beach. And it's just a normal celebrity trying to enjoy their yeah. beach holiday. And their front page of the magazine for looking fat and it just it i think you're right you... though people find it hard to relate like really yeah. their life isn't that bad but then if, if you're one of the people who have the same body type you know if if, if someone's getting roasted yeah, online for having a slightly bigger belly or a wider nose or their lips don't look great it's not only going to affect them it's going to affect everyone who's looking on social media going like that kind of sucks my best mates just posted going ha 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 look how big this person's nose is potentially but i also think that pe the people writing the comments um could probably have a lot of like similar attributes but they're behind the screen they don't mind when they're dishing out mm. the kind of the banter but when when someone's like on the receiving end it's, it's different so i don't think people see someone getting roasted for a particular feature or their like body shape and think oh that's that's me i, oh, I, don't, I don't know i, I do I really? think I felt it a couple of times myself. Really? Yeah. What, through other people? I think I've heard people that don't like PewDiePie go, ha ha, he's got such a big nose. And I think I've got a very similar nose to Felix. That, and I'm just like, oh damn, like when they're taking the really? setup. Yeah, That's I'm just like, oh, I wonder if people are watching my videos going, there's or, anything. Or if they like someone's like five foot five and there's loads of girls online roasting like small guys. Mm. Do you think they would feel... Undeniably, yeah. there'll be guys at the same height. So I think there's a lot. Going back to... um. So, so we've kind of spoken about teeth and I guess kind of hair. Nose jobs is a really interesting one because that's quite a, a big one. And I didn't realize until he came to United, you know, Casemiro had a nose job, really? like quite a significant one. So if you look at Casemiro back in the day, yeah. compared with now, his nose is a fraction of the size. That is something as well. I, I feel like people do subtly. 
because because the transition's instant or you can get like filler now people will like just mm. reconstruct their nose like almost instantly they won't go through the full procedure so that will go quite unnoticed i think yeah so do you think say you went through cosmetic surgery or did something that literally no one else would even notice the difference like you would have to say zoom in on your nose or like pull up a before and after to notice notice the difference um but it made yourself feel better do you think then that's kind of okay you know what i'm gonna actually expose myself here and i wasn't entirely sure if i was going to talk about this on this podcast yeah but i don't i don't even know if i've told you so when growing up i had a little mole on my cheek yeah i know this and um you have told me, you <laughs> oh, told I've told me you. the story. Oh, I know this. I yeah, thought you no, said, like, yeah, I, I remember, noticed. I remember when you had a plaster. No, I'm joking. Oh yeah, of course. So yeah, yeah. I never really spoke about it. I know that mom. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't, I always used to, I always used to tell my parents growing up as a kid, like I really want to get this little mole removed on my cheek. And it was only when I started shaving that I would cut it and I'd be like, oh, I just need to get rid of this now. And it was quite light. It was quite small, but it was like a defined thing on my cheek. And one day, like it was mm, you know, probably a year into doing YouTube videos. So if you go back to my old YouTube videos, you can see it on my cheek but, and it disappears one day. That is something no one would notice. And I no, genuinely most, don't think so anyone would notice. Chris, obviously one of, you know, one of my best mates, after I got it done and took the plaster off, he didn't say anything. And I was like, did you not notice? No, but yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't notice. I it's only because you told me. I, I had this, this little mole removed and it, it was fairly expensive. You know, it was about a grand. And all they did was kind of like laser it away. I wore a plaster for a couple of weeks. I didn't upload any YouTube videos. I uploaded one photo to my Instagram with me and Mark Goldbridge at that charity football yeah, match. Yeah. And there's a plaster on my cheek. But other than that, like, and there was never a comment about it. And I just go, no one probably would have noticed. No one probably ever looked at me and thought, no. well, I hope not. Was like, oh, that's really ugly. Yeah. But for me, I just had this thing where I was like, I just, it, it made me feel yeah, better. That's that's when it's fine. Like I, I've also had a mole removed. I had one like on my waistline. No way. Yeah, but but cosmetically was that it was just through G a GP and general. Is it like for looks or was it like oh cancerous well, no or would, no, no, no was it catching? It was for looks. Yeah. yeah, like no one would see it. Yeah. Of, well, yeah, uh, it was like on my, <laughs> <laughs> it was on my waistline, like below my boxers. So oh, I see. you wouldn't even see it if I had my top off. Mm. But I just wanted to get it removed, um, yeah. and then got it done. So I think like yeah, it's it's perfectly fine if it's just for you, but potentially it does become an issue when. Um, you develop new insecurities because of other people or mm. maybe f through a comment online. Like you could get a comment on a YouTube video and you could have like a new insecurity that you never had before. Mm. I guess, yeah, when, 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 you, when it's like never ending and you're just chasing that constantly, yeah. then it's kind of, it's kind of an issue. Because that, that was what initially made me just feel bad about my skin and being spotty. Yeah. You know, I, I get l loads of comments every day that I, I, I'll read and I'll be like, that's nice. But it was one comment that just goes nice acne bro oh, really? and for the next week i was just looking in the mirror like i need to get rid of this i was like should i go on roaccutane and yeah. stuff and it is crazy how much one little comment can set yeah. you off but go, going back to nose jobs because this is interesting so i found a fact that what how so you were saying nose jobs and cosmetic surgery they've been around for a lot longer than social media mm -hmm. and i definitely don't want people to think that we're going social media is the sole it might be the main driver of cosmetic procedures, but it's been around a lot longer before that. Do you know how long cosmetic surgery has been around? So I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you an interesting I'll, one. I could guess. Right, so yeah. the earliest evidence for rhinoplasties, which is no, nose jobs, can be found in texts from roughly when? Can you give me a rough year? I, I don't think that long ago. Roughly, I, I, I would the say the first ever evidence for it. I was going to say like nineties, genuinely. Back a long way before that. Guess really? again. I didn't think it was a thing before, before in, then. So the earliest evidence for rhinoplasties can be found in texts from ancient Egypt dated no. around 3000 BCE. Seriously? Ancient Egypt. So the ancient Egyptians were having, well, there's but evidence they, that they were having nose jobs. Isn't that insane? But they, don't, they surely don't have the resources. Like how, how were they possibly, they were, were they literally like drilling their nose? Probably, probably maybe just like scrape it up. That's who, mental. Who knows? I would love to know how they did it, but... Yeah. It goes back a long time, you know, it's not just the modern era of magazines and social media, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely think uh, that's helped. And then, so uh, who would you say is the most, um, there's a, a very obvious famous case of nose jobs. 
That's Michael Jackson, right? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is really interesting. So, you know, he got his first nose job in 1979. Really? He said that he actually had it because he was rehearsing a very complicated dance move for the Off The Wall album and he fell from stage and broke his nose. Um, he went on to claim, like decades later, I've had no plastic surgery on my face, just my nose. It helped me breathe better so I can hit higher notes. So he's basically saying that, you know- Improved performance. Yeah, it was improved performance, but I just, I think that is an extreme case of body dysmorphia, isn't it? I mean, Wait. if you think about all the things that he had, you know, he had his skin whitened. Yeah, hold on. Have you seen his chin? I've never seen this from anyone else. Michael Jackson had a cleft chin implant. So no he had way. the little dent in his chin placed in. I didn't clock it until I saw before and after. So all, all the men with the, the cleft chins were just celebrating that day. Yeah. <laughs> That's the knock-on effect the other way, where if people get in like, um, don't know, changing some sort of structure towards what you already have, because mm. it does come in trends as well. It does, doesn't, doesn't it? it? And if yeah. you're all, always chasing the trend, then you just can't keep up. You're just constantly yeah. changing things around. And I think he, he must be someone that just had so much money, but just got bored of, of the way he looked and just constantly wanted to change it. Yeah, I agree. And this is really interesting. So this is like, this is a, you know, a fairly well-known theory, but I just thought it was really interesting to bring up anyway. So apparently his, his dad subjected him to a lot of verbal abuse, but repeatedly told him that he had a big nose and made fun of his adolescent acne. Michael said that sometimes when his father walked into a room, he'd be so afraid of him that he would vomit. So like with those kind of pressures, you know, you can look at him and think that he had this kind of evident disorder, but who knows if he would have had that if he wasn't subjected to that That's sort of true. like- So it doesn't actually stem, stem from say mass judgment of his fans and the public. Mm. It could literally be as sim simple as his own family. Yeah. Kind of, and his own upbringing. And that, that shows that you don't necessarily have to have a big profile mm. to have those insecurities or want to make changes. It can literally be a, one comment your dad made when you're like yeah. seven, eight years old. Yeah, abusive relationship with family yeah. members, partners. Yeah. You know, if you've got someone that's constantly negging you, just saying like, oh, I really don't like this gross feature, taking the mick out of you, however deep it goes, you know, all you need is one person to really, to, to really set you off. So that's quite a lot of guy stuff. We'll get into a couple of things actually gym related a bit later on, but we've spoken about a lot of the guy stuff like hair transplant, teeth, which is a bit more general, gender neutral. But with girls these days, I think girl, female cosmetic surgery is, is on the rise so much, you know, like how many girls these days get their lips done, yeah. get boob augmentations, BBLs is a really big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on all that kind of stuff? Well, I think that's kind of come about through just the, the cost now. Like people can get lip fillers for like a few hundred pounds. So True. if you're that desperate and you don't even have to be that rich, you could literally get out a credit card and get some new lips. Do you know what I mean? So I think the accessibility and the fact that it is so, it is so cheap now, it, it just caused a huge rise in cosmetic surgeries. I think... Um, Social media obviously will have a, a huge play in that as well, in the sense that most um, kind of influencers, obviously bikini models will have like breast implants, they'll have kind of that perfect like hourglass figure. And so often it is unattainable to achieve naturally. And so you just have to go down that route to, to be able to look like these people. Definitely, yeah. I mean, if you're on social media every day and you're looking at, you know, girls with a certain shape boobs and like, you know, plumped yeah. up lips, you got smaller lips and smaller boobs or shaping differently. Like it, does, it doesn't surprise me at all that so many people are like, if I can change this for a couple of grand, why would I not save up and do that, it? That's where I feel like, is it, I don't know if you know if there's any data on this, but I feel like females will, will get more done than, than guys on say, um, like a normal level where they, they, it's not necessarily some celebrity or influencer, just day-to-day -day people. Like you'll be walking into the office uh, in like a nine to five job, environment mm. and i wouldn't be surprised if say fairly high percentage of people particularly women have had say lip fillers that is like so common yeah now. in the corporate world where they're like yeah. where there's a decent amount of money i i i, I completely agree whereas, um, whereas whereas guys i don't necessarily feel like they have as much pressure in mm. that sense but um yeah may, maybe that's to come yeah and and so this is where it gets potentially darker is so, you know, you've got a lot of people making all of these changes. It's a lot of money, but it doesn't always go right. So one really interesting example of a, of a woman. So there was a, a woman called Hang 
Miyoku, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong as well, so apologies in advance. Um, but she was actually, she, she almost certainly had body dysmorphia, but she was denied further cosmetic treatments due to her unnatural obsession with having silicon filters in her face. So she ended up taking matters into her own hands and resorted to injecting black market silicon and even cooking oil into her face herself. And if you herself. look at- she was doing it herself, putting cooking oil into her face. Right. And you would not believe if you, you know, if you're listening and you want to Google this after, look at what she looked like before and after, because she was gorgeous before. Gorgeous. And afterwards, her face was inflated. Yeah. Like, you know, so, you, you wouldn't believe it. It was like a character out of a horror movie. Do you, do you think these people then they look in the mirror and they, they actually think they look good? I think, it, no, I think it gets to an obsessive point. So you become uh, addicted to the surgery rather than the outcome. You do. And I think, I think they, there's no way these people are looking at themselves. I've got a couple of examples. I don't know if you recognize any of these names and what they look like, but Mickey Rourke, Joan Rivers, the Bogdanoff twins. Have you seen them? No. Um, Donatella Versace and Katie Price obviously is a good example, yeah. but like you look at them and you can tell they've had so much work done and they almost look like aliens. Yeah. And it's so inflated. And I wonder if that's the disorder going like, you need more, you need more, you need more. Yeah. Or whether they look at themselves every day and they almost think it looks normal. And so they go, oh, I can have more. And they actually don't realize that's how extreme true. they I th look. Yeah, I think that's so true. I think your baseline changes. Yeah. So you look at yourself in the mirror and then you become accustomed to the way you look, the, the size of your lips or like whatever. And then, then you see someone with bigger lips or bigger boobs and you're like, oh, I need to upgrade. Mm -hmm. I need to, I need, I need, I need them bigger. You, it's, you almost get addicted to that process rather than what actually looks good or what you feel most self-confident in. Because there is, it definitely, you know, with things like me and you getting our teeth, potential hairline, skin and stuff, that's one level, but there's evidently a big scale where it can go too far. I don't know if you've seen any of these others, but there's a guy who spent a hundred thousand pounds to look like Justin Bieber. Really? And he just doesn't look a thing like him. There's so many cases of that, I swear, where people will literally try and look identical to a celebrity and couldn't be further from the yeah. truth. 20,000 pounds someone spent to look like David Beckham. Yeah, I think I've seen that one. Yeah, it's, 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 he just, he looks, it just doesn't look a thing yeah. like him. 100,000 pounds just to look like Kim Kardashian. Yeah. And it's when it gets obsessive that it can get quite dangerous. But, you know, that, that woman was an example of, you know, someone injecting stuff that, that goes wrong. You're obviously in the fitness industry. I, there must be plenty of examples of people injecting yeah, all sorts be, of stuff. Yeah, to be fair, now you say it, there, there was, there, there's actually probably loads of examples, but one distinct one um, I remember of someone injecting synthol into their arm. So that's basically like you were saying with some sort of natural oil just to kind of inflate your arms. So it's not even um, going to make you stronger. It's not like more aesthetic. You're not going to be like in proportion to the rest of your body. You literally just got these balloon shaped inflated arms. And I think there's this one, there's one person who uh, increased the size of his arms to 27 inches. Which, to put that into perspective, like an average human thigh circumference is around 20 inches, a male, male thigh. Right. So literally like he could have been kind of like you and I, pretty normal shaped, like average kind of size, but just have these balloon arms. And that, that comes back to your point where other people would look at that and be like, you look awful, mate. Like, what are you doing? Um, but he obviously feels the pressures and feels like he just wants massive biceps to the point where he cares more about the metric of the size of his arms and walk into every room and know that he's got the biggest biceps rather than looking at himself and like objectively thinking, ah, oh, how can I improve through cosmetic surgery, which I think most people do. So what happened to him? Did, did, is he just, is, I, I think I recommend, uh, recognize the case. Is that the man whose arms exploded? Well, yeah. Did he, did he end up in, in hospital or I something? Had, yeah. I think, I think it got to the point where something in his so arm addictive. popped yeah. and it leaked. Yeah. And actually the fellas, I don't know if you watched the fellas episode on it, but they had a, a woman on who right. evidently had the same thing. She must've had body dysmorphia, yeah. a disorder because her lips were massive and she had the same thing with her boobs, yeah. but she just well, wanted just them bigger popped. and bigger. And one day one of them popped and there's footage of her. She recorded, I think, put it on her Instagram story yeah. of literally one massive boob and one deflated boob with a hole in it. Really? And it is, it's mind boggling to look at, but yeah. it's like, 
it's you know when it gets extreme it can get I, so I think dangerous when, when it gets to extreme to the point where you're you have genuine health concerns and you're risking your life just to look a certain way then that's problematic that's a bit it's just a bit strange isn't it that that's when it's a mental condition but and, and almost it's actually funny because that's definitely a, a a route where it can get dangerous but it can even get dangerous for just the normal person going for normal procedures you know there's this big influx of people now who go to turkey because you can get it done oh, yeah. cheaper there and yeah. you know you were saying like how normal it is for certain yeah. people to have you know get veneers or get their boobs done or get a bbl out in turkey or you know get a hair transplant and it's cheaper and there's you know plenty of people who fair play to them i can completely understand why they would but the risk is crazy well i think i don't it must be dependent where you go though there's obviously there's places in turkey that, that must be quite unsafe and people obviously do it for the cost like there's yeah, there's a lot save money. there's there's a lot of places where you can get it done very cheap but it comes to a point where you've got to kind of analyze the risk involved and if you're seeing these kind of horror stories mm. um then it's kind of you've got a question whether it's worthwhile yeah i mean you know because you can get obviously plenty of these things done in the uk but it's more expensive yeah but i actually saw again a, a tiktok recently i don't know if you saw it of a guy who had veneers put in yeah i saw that and too. they were just cracked in half yeah. <laughs> And he was, he was just going, I'm, I'm at the end of my tether. My mental health is drained from it because, yeah. you know, I speak and they fall out. I can't eat anything. Well, he's completely de deconstructed his own teeth. So he's like, he's, because a lot of the procedures, you knock out your own teeth. And I think when there's no going back, that's when it's scary. Say like with veneers, I think you can get some composite bonds or some procedures where you're kind of just bulking out your current teeth or filling in gaps but when you're literally shaving it down yeah. then putting in some form of like gum shield um that then then when it does go wrong there's literally no going back you can't do anything about it yeah and you get dentists all the time saying if you're young don't yeah. go get these perfect veneers because you know 10 to 20 years later you know that they inevitably are going to cost a lot of money yeah to to redo and sort of you know they're going to need so much work done that you're sort of you know, down the line, you're just gonna have to get so much money to fix it. But Turkey is a, a real one. So I've got a couple of a couple of horror stories to talk about, just so people, you know, can know how bad it can get, but also a lot of statistics and stuff. So um, the British, British Association of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons, BAAPS, and I'll call them BAAPS from now on. Um, over the past four years, 324 people have required treatment back in the UK for serious complications for cosmetic surgery abroad, which doesn't sound like that much, but apparently it's growing a lot. Um, but interestingly, guess how, what percentage of them came from Turkey? Oh, but it must be a lot. It must be a lot. Yes. Um, 40%? 100%. Oh, really? So every single person who applied for cosmetic surgery to fix this cosmetic surgery, 100% of that it came from Turkey. Does that put you going to Turkey then? If yeah, you were it does. Get anything I, done. I now think if I end up with a receding hairline, that's probably the only thing I would do is if I end up bald. Yeah, but that... I would get it done, but I did, I get it done in the UK. But even with that, you're saying that's the only thing you do. That's where people always say that and they, they get addicted to whatever procedure, then True. they see something else. Because yeah. I don't think anyone is just not insecure about anything on, on themselves. I think that's normal to be insecure about stuff. And so you could just literally go on forever. I think that's when you get to these extreme cases where people will then have huge kind of health implications. And maybe it's one where, you know, once something's better, yeah. you want to choose train on, go on to the next one. Yeah. You know, I always thought I had a big focus on my spots. And then obviously as I finished puberty and sort of, I think there are a couple of obviously skincare routines thing that I improved and I'm much less spotty now that I then was like, oh, maybe, you know, this mole on my face, maybe that can go. And yeah, now I'm well, like, yeah, oh, exactly. maybe I can you, you perfect my hairline about that. and maybe I can whiten my teeth. Yeah. Maybe if I, you know, if I go bald and correct my hairline, maybe I go, actually, I could get maybe I can get my nose could be a bit like, smaller yeah. or my jawline could be a bit sharper. Yeah. Who knows where it stops? But yeah, yeah. Um, funnily enough, breast surgery, augmentation procedures account for 25% of those complaints. Um, but yeah, these figures are only based on data from the BAAPS members. So they say that the scale of the issue is far, is likely far worse. Yeah. But I've got a couple of horror stories to, to tell you about it going really wrong. Um, just to kind of make people, if you're listening, go like, maybe I should do this the right way or make sure. And I'm going to, I'll finish with a few tips from the association that go, you need to do this if you're going to go abroad and you're not going to do it at home. So in August 2020, a primary school teacher, Michelle Williams, decided to undergo a simple nose job in Turkey. 
but the mother of one's surgery didn't go as planned. She suffered severe complications and has been left in a permanent vegetative state. She's unable to speak, walk, or do anything for herself. The 47-year-old returned to the UK on a private ambulance flight and now lives in a care facility. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? Just yeah. thinking, you know, I'm going to go for a nose job. Yeah. And you think, what's the worst that could happen? It, it doesn't look great and I can get someone to fix it again. Yeah. She's now in a vegetative state. Isn't that do you know, terrifying? What, 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 like, because you often think with these things, as you said, getting a nose job, the worst that could happen is that you need another one or like yeah. your, your, your nose is like constructed in a way that you're not happy with in terms of like an aesthetic point of view. But I guess people don't really, you don't really think about actual health concerns in terms of procedures like that. You wouldn't think, oh, no. I could potentially be flying back on an emergency plane to hospital. Yeah, I mean, dangerous, I'm, I'm guessing it was possibly a bacterial or a viral infection. Oh yeah, true. That deteriorated yeah, yeah. their brain. Yeah. All you need yeah. is one of those. Yeah. Um, another one, uh, a lady called Michelle Heath. She spent a decade working hard for her dream body. You know, fair play to her. She didn't get, um, I think she did actually get a bit of like a post-suction to help out a little bit. But, you know, she worked hard in the gym. She lost 10 stone, um, but she couldn't shift the loose skin. So she paid around £4,173 for a package deal, which included a leg and back lift, flights and a five night stay in Turkey. She returned to Northern Ireland with open wounds and serious infections, requiring two further surgeries and skin grafts. She's claimed that the liposuction was... Ca this is what's even craziest. She claimed that liposuction was carried out without her permission on her oh, wow. while she was under, um, as well as a Brazilian bum lift. Oh my God. Which she didn't ask for when she woke up that was given to her. Um, and she wasn't aware that these things had been given to her until the third day of her recovery. That's wild. Which is crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, can you imagine going and getting a procedure and waking up and they've done more than you asked for? Yeah, that, that I mean, that's bizarre, right? That's so bizarre. But I mean, is that, that some kind of like miscommunication? Because I also feel like, um, like kind of ties in with our conversation earlier about um, kind of influencers getting these free holidays or free trips. But now they'll promote these um, kind of surgeries that they'll get say a free hair transplant or something to promote it. But they're probably not the safest practice. They're probably not like uh, insured to the best um, mm. or like maximum they could be. And so there's a lot of risk in that sense where people will promote things because they paid for it and it will yeah. be highly, highly risky. That's so true. And people, you know, people can promote all sorts of stuff if yeah. they have money thrown at them. I actually had one from Turkey. What? So I had I a- think um, someone said you needed a hair transplant. No, well, kind of. So, <laughs> really? so a, uh, a cosmetic surgery clinic mm. reached out to me and said, we'll pay you whatever, five, 10 grand. No way. You can come stay in a hotel, completely free, stunning hotel. We'll yeah. pay for your flights. And pay for whatever it. surgeries you want. We'll give you hairline teeth. I was like, my, my hairline going already. Was it? Was there a moment where you considered it then? To be fair, I was like, if I can have a nice, you know, if they can give a, because I, I, you know, if, if someone said I can bring my hairline fo further did you, forward, did you research the whiter the teeth? Place? I didn't. I, I ended up just going like, this isn't for me oh. yet. Like maybe down the line. Because that's funny you say that. Actually, I'll often see um, people who I like think they definitely don't need that procedure, but they'll get it done because. They'll either get it free or even in your case, get paid. They get paid, yeah. Get paid to do it, which is wild. Yeah, it is wild, isn't it? Yeah. Um, crazy. And so I'll, I'll show you one more example and then we'll kind of talk about like why Turkey in particular might be so bad and the things you can do if you're considering going out there. So the, the, the third horror story I've got is uh, a woman called Angela Perkins. So she paid £8,000 for a facelift in Turkey that went disastrously wrong. The 57 year old has been left with a disfigured face and is unable to close her right eye because really? of the procedure. Wow. Her name has now been changed, but she faces a payment of 30,000 pounds for multiple surgeries to correct her eyes, ears, cheek and neck. That's crazy. You, know, I mean, you can spend all this time saving up eight I, grand or however much it is for the surgery, come back and have to spend a hell of a lot more yeah, to get true. it corrected. That's true. I, that actually reminds me as well. I remember there was someone at work in the office, right, who um, she was getting the uh, corrective eye surgery. So like she didn't want to wear contact lenses or glasses anymore. So she got this corrective like laser eye surgery, which costs a lot um, and it ended up going wrong. And no she used to, she, I think she had a, 
like ages off work she had to take long like such a long time off work came back in after that period with like bloodshot eyes had risk of going blind and then end up again having to pay more money to get it corrected uh, i think she ended up getting it covered by insurance but still it's it, you often think something like that that's not even aesthetic reasons it's just to like to see better yeah but there's still there's still like risks involved yeah i mean I, you know we're, we're talking about turkey and the horror stories from over there but, but that they, that was that's i not, think jersey or uk yeah that's not to say yeah. that it's not the same in the uk you know yeah. medical malpractice is one of the biggest killers i think it's yeah. not the biggest killer in the us it's definitely up there among the top i wouldn't be surprised if it was the same for the us but you know going under these things is you know it's not even even you can go under general anesthetic yeah um and lose your life from that which is which is scary so you know with with all of these things so a lot of these these associations are pushing saying if you can save your money and don't get it done in turkey um but if you are there's a few things you can do but but essentially apparently even with the strong cases with a lot of these cases that i've just spoken about it's actually really hard for a foreigner to file a case in turkey for medical negligence so a lot of the times you pay in cash so there's not necessarily ah, so you they, know, they think about these things they think about these things they apparently also get you to sign large waivers really which cover a wide when, range of things that just go, well. you know because if you're going like oh i'm getting my hair transplant whatever yeah how many people actually either pay a lawyer or read through a waiver yeah, to true. know what they're actually I, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people just rush it as well. They kind you of just think, sign the contract. I want to do this. I found this surgery. It was recommended through Instagram or something and they just go for it. Yeah. You don't really think into it. But again, with these things, um, I think we've spoken about this, like now it's been around for quite a while and it is kind of normal. You'd like to think that the risk is reduced. Whereas mm. back in the day when it, people were first going to Turkey to get these procedures, it was a lot higher risk, I feel. Yeah. And, and and also the other thing which we've kind of mentioned is that a lot of them come with package deals. Yes, And so true, rather yeah, than yeah. you just signing up with a clinic and saying, I'm going to pay for this, with a package deal, you're often not in direct contact with the clinics. You haven't signed the contract where they directly owe you any kind of, you know, duty of care or anything like that. And it's it makes it really complicated. And apparently even with a strong case, yeah. you know, it can, get, it can take years to be seen in front of Turkish courts. Yeah. And just with all of these things, you've got to be so careful. So, you know, if you're going to go out to Turkey to get it done, a lot of the experts are saying, you know, don't pay in cash, pay pay via bank transfer. Um, don't necessarily sign large waivers, you know, have a lawyer look at it. Um, make sure you know what you're signing before you sign it. Don't pay in package deals. Um, and then another big thing, and a lot of these, that the actual, uh, what did they, what are they called? B-A-A-P-S are trying to make it law, but they're saying, if you're going to go with one, take out insurance because you essentially want to know that if you've saved up your 5,000 pounds for whatever, you know, transplant, whatever you're going to go have, that you've got insurance. That means if it goes wrong, the insurance company can pay for it because otherwise you could get whacked with, with major bills. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that are going to bankrupt you, yeah. you know, if you haven't got the insurance. So well, well that's, yeah, that's a risk as well. If people are saving maybe few years, in, in, as opposed to a house deposit, they're literally like, I want this so bad to the point where I'll sacrifice my savings for a couple of years to to pay for the procedure. And then if it does go wrong and you're not insured, you're, you're effed basically. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much all of the major, yeah. major topics in terms of cosmet cosmetic surgery, just going like, you know, as we've, as we've spoken about, you know, social media is not real life. It's not the only contributing factor. But you know, it's it's maybe getting worse. Um, these things are getting cheaper, so the prices of these surgeries and stuff are actually rising. But they're rising slower than inflation, whereas the majority of healthcare um, uh, procedures procedures are actually you know growing at a faster rate than inflation. Um, so it's becoming more accessible. It's becoming more normalised. Yeah, who and, knows? Um, we'll come back episode three with fresh pair of lashes. Yeah, exactly. Imagine, <laughs> imagine season three, and we're sitting here with yeah, perfectly look straight nose. Different. Yeah, go who back. knows? <laughs> but, um, yeah, essentially, I, I would say for me personally, the main takeaway from this would be, you know, social media isn't real life. Um, you know, but there's, you know, there's there's plenty of triggers for all of these things. Um, you know, from the NHS website, you know, a lot of this can not only come from social media. But, you know, you, you can get um, uh, BDD, sort of body dysmorphia, from a range of things, not just looking at social media, but chemical imbalances in the, in the brain, trauma from the past, genetics, um, 
and essentially I, I would just want to say if you're going to get it done get any work done get it done properly you know go through insurance but essentially you know you, you definitely don't need these things and it's been said a million times but like you know you, you are just fine the way you are you know like um reassure your friends look for reassurance from your partner because that's obviously a, a really big thing but um you know if you do feel like it's going deeper and you are suffering from bdd and you're from the uk go see your gp you know you might be treated by the gp and um, they can help you but they might also refer you to a mental health specialist um and you can get further assessment and treatment um it can be very difficult to you know seek help for this but uh it's important to remember that you have nothing to feel ashamed or embarrassed about and um genuinely if you go see your uh if you go see your GP, uh, you can get help. And it, you know, if you don't necessarily want to take those steps yet, and maybe it's just that you feel anxious about the way you look, taking time off social media, focusing on mindfulness, um, mindfulness, prioritizing improving your mental health, and yeah, just taking a break. Um, all things that can certainly help. You know, they might not necessarily fix anything. They might not help, but they're all certainly things that can help you. And uh, yeah, if, if you need the help. It is there. Go try and get it, I'd say. Definitely. And just a final thank you for watching this second episode. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed it. The first episode mm. of talking about a kind of controversial topic. I feel like as a general whole and in summary, yeah, just, just chat to your mates and make sure that you're not just kind of like in your bedroom scrolling through social media because that, as we discussed, can make matters worse. Yeah. And, and definitely, you know, if you're following accounts where you're going, I'm realising these people are using filters, they're lying about this, they're untrustworthy, unfollow them and follow people that make you feel good about yourself you like know like fred arthur pod like fred <laughs> arthur pod you know we're always going to be real with you um but yeah i mean yeah I, I think certainly it's a great place to start on social media is just following people that make you feel better about yourself following accounts that make you feel better about yourself but going back to what fred was saying just wrapping it up this has been our first episode where we've kind of gone you know the first in introductory episode was yeah. quite chill yeah but i have I've absolutely loved talking about this, you know, going Same. from everything through talking about our opinions on things, bringing up cases, statistics. That's what we were saying in the first episode. You know, we want to tell stories to people that mm. they might not have heard, bring up statistics. You know, it's more than just, oh, social media, what's your opinion on this? You know, we can kind of, hopefully we've added some value to to you guys, to your day, to your night, however you're listening. Uh, and yeah, that you kind of enjoyed it and found it really interesting and if there's anything you know format wise that you'd like us to change or add or perhaps not do next time please do let us know either at fred arthur pod on instagram twitter tiktok whatever uh on youtube obviously we're now on spotify and itunes yeah definitely tune in definitely subscribe to our youtube channel um fred arthur pod follow us on all socials they'll be below and we'll see you in the next episode yeah that's pretty much it thanks for joining us today Thanks for watching and uh, hopefully we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.